1: Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream, has come true. Beach of the McKinnon racing and shoots and scores, Nathan McKinnon. Residential scores. <laughs> Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. And Christian, can you, can you help me count this out real quick? We got... One, two, and three, four wins in a row for the Colorado Avalanche. They beat the Seattle Kraken in, uh, there's no reason to mince words here. This was a beat down. This was, this got sad to watch after a little bit. Final score, seven to three. The only three are the, they came because of score effects. We, we were done at that point. There was no reason to keep playing.
0: It was the saddest three goals I think I've ever seen a team score, and they knew it. Um, the Kraken did because yeah, it was it was bad, man, for the Kraken, but for the Abs, it was it was a fun game to watch. But that third period, we were just talking about that could have been the slowest period of hockey I think I've ever watched in my life.
1: That third period just dragged on. It felt like for an hour. We took the the seven to nothing lead. Albe Kubel with his first goal as an Ooh. Av. And since then, that game felt like it dragged for an hour. We had four penalties in the first 10 minutes of the game. A lot of them were just were up seven to nothing. And we're trying to give the expansion crowd something to cheer about here. And I mean, it worked. They scored three goals and they got a nice little round of applause at the end of the game. So resounding success for NHL officiating once again. Just a great,
0: great. I mean, to show you how it was for Avs fans, we... There was the Logan O'Connor incident that happened in the third period that caused quite a bit of debate online. That was, that was kind of uh, outside of the abs kicking this Kraken's ass. That was the most like heated moment for that game <laughs> was, was an argue. Was it mean or was it just a, a normal trip?
1: Yeah. And it was a normal trip. I mean, O'Connor pulled his leg back in and then the guy tripped over him. Like it's a, it's a penalty, but the, I was worried they were going to call like a five minute major just because the game was so out of hand at that point, they were going to give them like a full five minute, all you can eat power play just to see if they could make things interesting, but they ultimately made the right call. Yeah, they ultimately
0: did. And I I remember I watched it live and I thought it was a lot worse than it was. And then you see the replay and it really wasn't a whole lot to do about anything, but yeah, it was a really fun game for the abs. Um, I I don't know what else to say other than I feel bad for Seattle's goaltending duo because they're, they're bad. And I remember thinking at the beginning of the season, that that was going to be a really strong duo. Um, But as it turns out, uh, they aren't very good.
1: Yeah. We were all looking at that duo coming into the season of Grubauer and Dreger, saying like, yeah, that might be like a top 10 duo in the league. It is no competition. The worst by every metric, by every eye test, however you slice it. These two guys can't make saves. And interestingly enough, we came into this game fully expecting it to be the, the Philip Grubauer revenge game for whichever side you wanted, I guess. And they actually started Chris Drejer for this one, which was a surprise to me and to you and several other abs fans that they were going to rob that from Philip Grubauer. But I was very amused by the fact that we bullied the Kraken so bad they had to put Grubauer in that anyway.
0: You know, that was Grubauer's like worst nightmare come true because he thought he was off the hook because he he knows he hasn't been playing very well. What's he at still like a 0.88 save percentage? Like I know we
1: did I know we didn't help him. I know that much at least because Dreger got lit up and Grubauer while he was better that was not a high bar for him to clear. I can look up his season save percentage. I think it's 80. It is oh it's not good. That's Hunter Miska
0: territory right there.
1: 875 Oh, oh my lord, man! In fourteen games,
0: paying that guy six million dollars a year, if not more.
1: Yeah, five point nine for the next six years, man. Oh my god, that's bad, dude. That's so bad.
0: I feel so bad because like I get like why he left. He got a lot of money. Like he got more money and more term, which is what he wanted. Um but I don't think he envisioned this being the way his season would go at
1: all. No, not at all. And before, before there are any misconceptions, I fully support Philip Grubauer for going and doing that and getting the contract that he wanted. We didn't pony up to keep him, So he went to a team that had the capital to do it. I fully fault the Seattle Kraken for going out and doing that because they had no reason to, there were some teams that could have, given Grubauer that contract and felt good about themselves. But coming into the season, a duo of Drejer and Vitek Vanacek was a pretty solid duo. And of the three, Vanacek has turned out to be the best one. He's actually having his return game as we speak at the moment, as puck drop is about to start for Washington and Seattle. I'm sure they'll have a nice little tribute video for Vanacek and all the things he's done for their franchise. But I still don't understand why they got Gruba. It didn't make any sense at the time because they said they wanted to keep all this cap space open, but they immediately tied a, a salary cap of a goalie around their neck that they didn't need to. That a lot of teams have made the mistake of doing in the past: signing goalies to longer term. And when they don't work, you have this anchor around your neck. And they did it right away before they even played a game, yeah, and. and- Grubauer has to be at least a 915 to be playing up to that deal. Maybe, maybe that might be a little much, but like a 910, 915. We're talking league average ish here. Like, and he's an 875. Like, you better be praying he's just not in the system yet.
0: I, I don't know what it is. Cause I mean, we, we, well, I've given him the benefit of the doubt because to be fair, Darcy Kemper really struggled his first like, couple of games here. But it only took him five or eight games to get going.
1: Yeah. And, and what was he like an 885 for like the yeah. first four games?
0: Yeah, now he's up to like a nine. I think he's up to nine twelve. I think that's what he's up to now. Like he's been really good. So it's not like Grubauer is still like in a slump. Like this is has the potential to be a really, really bad season.
1: Yeah. Darcy Kemper, I just looked it up. He is a 915 right now in 12 games. And just the whole the whole thing with the Kraken is they are just the antithesis of Vegas. Vegas right away had that camaraderie and us against the world mentality. I feel like the biggest mistake Seattle made was just being like, yeah, you know, we're we're the expansion team. We're going to we're going to see where this goes. And this loss to the Avalanche is their their sixth straight and the fourth game in a row they had given up four plus goals or it might have been sixth game in a row they'd given up four plus goals. They have been getting killed this season. Where are they now 4-12 and 2 or yeah, something kidding. close to that. It is ugly. And it's for not what like it make be
0: any easier. They go on a brutal road trip after the Caps game tonight.
1: Brutal. Yeah, they're 4-12 and 1 right now and they are they got the Caps tonight. Another home game against Carolina, then a back-to-back at Tampa, Florida, in Florida. I don't see them
0: win any of those four games. I don't.
1: I don't either. These are the the elite of the elite in the Eastern Conference.
0: And I, I like you said, Vegas ruined this for us because this is what an expansion team's supposed to be like. You
1: yeah, know what I mean, this, this is what an expansion team is. But even then, I feel like we're getting two of the extremes here: Vegas Stanley Cup final. And it's too early to say what Seattle is, but that's also the thing. What is Seattle? What's their identity? What do they do in every game? Like, what is their thing? Vegas had a thing. You can't win in Vegas. You're going to come to this building and you're going to lose because we're Vegas. We're different. Seattle, they're just kind of bland and tasteless. I don't know what their thing is. And that's a horrible fate for a hockey team.
0: Well, and it's not like they're – like, I love their environment. They have a really good – like, it looks like that arena is fun to watch a game. Like, but they just can't (laughs) – they they can't win. They just can't win. And I I think we can steer it a little bit back more towards the Avs. Kale McCarr is back in a big way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kale McCarr Torched this poor franchise last night. It it looked like the best player in the world going up against an AHL team. Like he just torched poor Philip Grubauer last night with that rebound goal and just going straight past every guy on the Kraken. he made everybody look silly when he played tonight. This look, this looked like the best defender in the league, fully healed, or at least very close to being fully healed from his arm injury. Early in the season, and that's bad news for the rest of the league. If Kale McCarr is back, Devontae's is healthy. Sam Gerard's feeling it again. The only thing left now is for Bo Byram to start getting healthier.
0: Yeah, Bo Byram get McKinnon back too. But uh, there was that scare. I, I know you kind of shit your pants too, just like I did. Taves took a shot in the corner on a penalty kill, and I was like, if this, if Taves gets hurt, I, I would have, I probably would have been physically ill. Yeah. It didn't look good cuz he was hunched over but he didn't miss a shift. He hasn't missed practice. I think he had a maintenance day today. But yeah, that Ian was
1: Davidson def- had maintenance days.
0: It it, it wouldn't be an as game without an injury scare, right?
1: No. Like, it it's be- it's it's part of the, it's part of the price of admission at this point. You you just place bets on who it's going to be. If Taze actually got injured on that play, I would have turned the whole game off, just got in my car and just drove in a straight line with just like some some low jazz music playing and just no thoughts in my head, just drive until I, I reach like five States over. Like, yeah, what are you supposed to do at that point?
0: Cause I, I don't, I would have cried probably been physically ill. Um, because yeah, it would have been just like,
1: you're dominating
0: that game and your second best defenseman gets hurt. Just of course. Cause why not? Just the hockey gods hating on us because we can't have too many nice things.
1: Yeah, the third period, my whole thought was after Albecu Bell scored to make it seven to nothing. I was like, if somebody gets hurt here, I'm going to flip my shit. This yeah. game is over. I didn't care that Seattle scored three goals. It did not matter one bit, but
0: if this we, has is, it, is this the first time all year we've made it through two games without an injury?
1: I mean, I think so.
0: I, I think I, I want to say so.
1: I or think like a so. COVID protocol. I mean. If we want to include maintenance days, I mean, the maintenance days today in practice were to the point that Curtis McDermott was playing third line on the offense. I don't want to have a whole 45-minute segment on Curtis McDermott because he doesn't deserve it yet. But the fact that that was even a thing, I I put my phone away before I could form a single thought on it.
0: Well, and that's the problem with those maintenance days. I tweeted about this earlier today is they don't tell us it's a maintenance day before. So you have to panic throughout the whole practice, like right. thinking if there was an injury that you missed, if there was something else that happened. And the abs have just been, I mean, I think it's the right thing to do. Like some of these, like Miko Rantanen doesn't need a ton of practice. No. DeVon doesn't need a ton of practice. Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon don't need a ton of practice. But, yeah, I was shitting my pants for a little bit when I saw that Miko wasn't out of practice. Neither was DeVon Dave's. But it was just maintenance day. Everyone took a deep breath and we were good. But yeah, Abs, if you could let us know that you're going to do a maintenance day before, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, just stop getting hurt, please. That's all, that's all I want. Just stop, please. I just want to survive more than 30 seconds without there being another significant injury or another scare. Like just be a normal hockey team and have the same lineup the next game that you did the game before. That's all I ask. But if we can rewind a little bit, this game was over right from the start. Seattle looked out of this game from the get-go. Burakovsky buries one on the power play four minutes into the game. And really, this game was done and dusted once Val scored that shorthanded goal. I mean, you you could get the sense from the building and from the Kraken that this game was was just over. They had no answer.
0: They had none. I mean, it's been awesome seeing the Avs power play and continuing to score shorthanded goals. Power plays come to life. Um Berkey's come to life I mean that goal is just a typical I wouldn't say it's a goal scorers goal, goal but it's just being in the right position and the puck sometimes bounces your way and it bounced right to him um, it wasn't a hard like I mean the crack in their defensive coverage on that was interesting they just left cadre open in the top of the circle <laughs> and just like hey man you can shoot it from there and it just led to chaos in front of the net but yeah, I mean, you had that goal, and then when Val scored, I, I think I had the same mentality you did. I, I was like, oh, this game's over.
1: Yeah, this like this game is just – it's done and dusted. They yeah. have no answer. He's all alone on a complete breakaway with Seattle with an opportunity to get back in this game. I mean, first of all, the I just want to mention the penalty was a Sam Gerard cross-check for all the Sam Gerrard is soft crowd people out there. Regardless, yeah. Plenty of speed on that breakaway. He beats Treacher clean over the shoulder, and you could see it in the body language of the Kraken. You could feel it in the energy of the crowd. This game was over, and it was proven at every point after that. Seattle just had no answer. They had one opportunity. I think it was Eberle hit a post on a breakaway. Yeah. That was their only scoring chance until the third period. This yeah, was not it,
0: it was a. It was great to see the apps play some great defense again. Um, yeah, it was. That first period just felt like okay wait, do we even need to play these last two periods like this game's over like i don't see the crack in making it come back in this at all
1: yeah um, and then it got worse like the first period i was like oh this game's over 6 to nothing after the second period like i didn't i didn't see that coming i thought seattle was going to have a little bit of fight in them but we talked a few weeks ago about the vancouver game and how there was almost no resistance this was kind of the same thing. Seattle just had no answers for us at all. And they could not get a save on anything. Like this is some of the worst goaltending I have ever seen. Yeah. Like, this, this wasn't like, oh, crazy deflections. He's having an off night. This was Chris Dreger just horrendously out of position on so many occasions and just getting beaten clean. At a certain point, what are the Krakens supposed to do? Of course these guys are demoralized and not playing hard. It doesn't matter what they do. They just let in seven goals. Seven goals on 30
0: shots. So it's not like the Avs like pumped in 50 shots. Um, but it's it's it was bad, man. Like that goal that Grubauer gave up to Eric Johnson, that is the definition of a goalie playing with zero confidence. Yeah, Last year, yeah. Ruby makes that save a hundred out of a hundred times.
1: Yeah. And- I- I think to, to that point, Eric Johnson summarized it perfectly. Eric Johnson, he said he never scored on Philip Grubauer in practice his entire tenure in Colorado, ever. And he scores on his first shot against him in Seattle. That just summarizes Grubauer right there. He's not the same player anymore. Maybe he'll get back to that form someday, but there is just something horrifically wrong with him right now that, that he his confidence is broken. The team in front of him isn't good enough to bail him out. Not saying the abs bailed him out maybe a couple times, but... This Seattle team is just broken. Uh, mentally, they're these guys don't have any like camaraderie together, and they don't have the goaltending to save them. It's just a disastrous mix. Yeah, it's not good. It
0: was it was it it was kind of comical at the end, just how like you could just see the difference between like a cup contender and a bottom feeder in the NHL.
1: Yeah, this this, in the second period, especially, this felt like a cup contender against an AHL team. They did not look like they belonged on the same ice.
0: No, they they didn't. I mean, because McCarr scored twice, uh, EJ had one, and then did Berkey have a second? Yeah, Berkey scored like two seconds into a power play.
1: Yeah, that 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 last goal, goal. that second goal he scored was the one that got Dreger pulled. Dreger is not even in the net. For that one. He's just so far out of position after giving up a juicy rebound. Burakovsky, all he has to do is just put it on net. Like I've it's so hard to even describe this kind of goaltending because I've never seen anything like it. No, it's bad.
0: It's really bad. And the Avs took advantage of it. Credit to the Avs. I mean, they played a fantastic game and they deserve that win. Um, I do love just how they In the post game comments, we we heard them talking about how they didn't finish well. It's like, guys, you're up seven nothing. I don't expect you to finish a game as strong
1: as this is. That's how it should be. Honestly, is like the the team should be upset that they didn't finish well, and we should be like, guys, you you were up seven to nothing. We'll cut you a break because a lot of the times, unfortunately, it's the other way around where it's like they barely hold on to a four to one lead. Not just saying specifically the ABS, but like for the league as a whole, like a team barely holds on to a four to one lead like yeah well, well we held them off so it doesn't matter and everyone's like you were an inch away from blowing a three goal lead yeah. and it's a good attitude at least for the abs that they're they're not satisfied after being up seven to nothing and giving up three I mean if if nothing else it makes me feel a little better
0: it makes me feel a little bit better but I remember sitting there just like I've never been so impartial about a team scoring against the abs in my life
1: right never never like, never mind three straight goals yeah. in the third period i have never been less bothered in my life yeah.
0: i still that was like what i've loved about this abs winning streak is i've had very minimal stress like it's oh been, God. we've been coasting in these games it hasn't even been like uh it's not one of those games where you feel bad to look down your phone you're just like oh cool let to check this oh look at this funny tweet like it's been nice and I, I think it's it's going to continue for a while because the way the Avs are playing right now, I don't know if there's a team in the oh, – maybe the Hurricanes. Maybe the Hurricanes are playing better than the Avs, but I don't know if there's many teams out there playing better than the Avs right now.
1: No, very, very, very few of them at very least. And you look at their upcoming schedule, we have the Senators – coming off of a three-game COVID break where they haven't played in a week. They're a total wild card as to what they're going to be. The Avalanche should completely annihilate them tomorrow. An interesting game, actually, we talked about this in the past, should be the Ducks, who are red hot right now and only barely lost to the Hurricanes in their last game, snapping an eight-game winning streak. That one will surprisingly (laughs) be a lot of fun. And then a back-to-back of Dallas and Nashville. So these are four winnable games, at least, and – Again, we complained early in the month, like they blew these Columbus games. You look at the month right now, we are 4-1-1 and and 6-1-1 and in our last eight games. Like, And you look at our points percentage right now, I mean, points-wise, we're not up there in the playoffs yet because we played less games than everyone, but points percentage-wise, we're third in the central. We've climbed our way back in there and we're going to pass Winnipeg and Minnesota very soon.
0: Yeah, the Central Division had a really hot start, and now they're all kind of coming back down the earth. Blues are four and eight in their past couple. Wild just lost back to back games. Um, Jets haven't looked great these past couple. Games. I mean, they lost to the Canucks, so
1: yeah, the, they had a rough two games against Edmonton and Vancouver. The, the Central Division as a whole, if we can like quickly pivot to them, I'm not impressed. Honestly, I even with the Avalanche only being like what fifth in the standings right now. I look at them right now like this is unequivocally the best team in the division, Minnesota, they battled back and got a point against Tampa. I'm there's something that isn't right about them. I just have this feeling about them that they're just not that good. I, I watch them be, and then they're they just awesome. like, they're fine, but they, they to their credit, they keep finding ways to get points and to win games. But I feel like that bubble is going to burst. And like you were saying about Winnipeg, they're fine. They're going to make it. But Nashville is an average team. They're going to be 500. Dallas can't score. And St. Louis is in a free fall right now. Like We're the best team in this division, even if the standings don't show it right now. I have no doubt that we're still going to run away with this division.
0: I think we may have predicted the divisions wrong. The Pacific seems to be the stronger division, and the Central seems to be the weakest division, in the West at least.
1: For now, at least. I mean, Calgary's been really good. They're up 4 nothing on the Bruins right now. Edmonton, regular season-wise at least, is looking like one of the best teams. Vegas is hanging in there enough that when they get healthy, they're going to have no problem finishing top three at all. That's the easiest bet you'll ever make.
0: I think they still win that division.
1: Edmonton might be playing well enough that they just might barely be able to fend them off, but they'll definitely have home ice in the first round. And you have the other teams like Anaheim, they're going to go back down, but the fact that they are playing this well, they're giving themselves a shot at very least.
0: Yeah, Edmund or uh, excuse me, Anaheim's a team that I think is like a year or two away, and then they'll be good again. Um, but it's been good to see – like, it's good to see West Coast hockey get a little bit better um, because L.A. and Anaheim have, re- have really struggled the past couple of years. Um, but we'll see. That Anaheim game, like you said, I think it's going to be interesting I think they'll win that game, but you never know with John Gibson, John Gibson's the avalanche kryptonite, like without a doubt, he is the avalanche kryptonite.
1: There were some ducks games last year where we, we struggled. There was a couple times last year where we played the ducks and we, uh, we either blew a couple leads or they were just outworking us. And we all, we ultimately won the season series, the games we won, we won, but there were a couple of times where the, the ducks just wouldn't let us have anything whatsoever we just don't like the Ducks either from what i found out there were some nasty games at certain points last year yeah, like- now they've got this injection of youth they're an interesting team they're not going to make the playoffs it's you know people talk like oh well, the ducks they're, they're, they are good are they want eight games they have to lose this many games in order to be out it's too early for that kind of math they're not going to make it they've got the three teams edmonton vegas calgary who are playing really well and are going to take that top three maybe they can fight for a wild card spot if they can keep this up somewhat but they're they're the biggest surprise in the nhl so far and we do have to take them seriously
0: yeah it's gonna be a fun one john gibson plays well against the avs like you talked about last year i think it was one game last year the avs in the third period outshot them 20 to 2 and still lost because john gibson stood on his head like the ducks scored on all two of the both of their shots in the third period and the avs lost That's i remember so- watching that game just so pissed off
1: but God, last just, year is just such a blur. Like I know it, the game you're talking about, but I don't remember it because everything from last year just feels like a fever dream. Because
0: you played the Ducks eight times, so it's kind of yeah. hard to which one's which. But yeah, I I think the Avs will win that game just it's on home ice. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be closer than I originally thought when I was looking at the schedule.
1: Like it's yeah. a busy week. We have a busy week of Avs hockey ahead of us. We have four games. okay you know what? Else? We were talking before the show started, just like looking at the schedule and stuff. I've realized this entire time that I've been talking about November that I've missed that there's a three-day break after this week before we go into Toronto and Montreal. So we have another break after this week. This month is so dumb. Makes no sense. Every week, except this one, we've had a four-day break, a three-day break. We had a two-day break coming into this Ottawa game tomorrow. And then after Nashville, we have a three-day break, and then it's just pedal to the metal for the rest of the season. It's I don't I don't get it. I don't understand why they would build the schedule this way. But
0: well, it's going to be interesting too because if they back out of the
1: Olympics, what are they going to do with the yeah, schedule? The Olympics are not a guarantee. I don't think enough people are talking about this right now. the The fact that the Sens had to have games postponed is not a good sign for the Olympics at all.
0: Well, and I mean there's a like every team's kind of been hit by the COVID, but knock on wood, the Avs haven't had one since uh McKinnon.
1: Yeah, but... they had Jack Johnson like during the McKinnon thing, but yeah. since then it's been they've been lucky.
0: Yeah, I mean the Islanders are having a little bit of an outbreak right now. The Senators had their big outbreak. I mean, there's just some teams. I mean, the sharks just got off theirs. Remember, the sharks had like eight people on it for a yeah. while. Like it's just been it's been a lot. So I don't know. The scheduling makes no sense because why is this week the week that you have four games when it's Thanksgiving week? Wouldn't it make more sense to do that like this week? Like this past week to have four games? Like I just don't know. I, I would be love to see why the schedule makers did it that, that way.
1: I don't I just don't understand the schedule sometimes because this this is this month is such an outlier. I mean, last month in October, we had a couple two-day breaks mixed in, but for the most part, it was Play a game day off, play a game day off, no back to backs or anything, occasional two-day break, like I said. And then you have this month, which is just barely any games whatsoever. We've got 10 games in 30 days, which is almost unheard of in the NH. NA- <clears throat> excuse me, in the NHL. Yeah, and no, you get, you get to next month. And it's basically, I I'm not gonna count this off the top of my head because I want to at least have some good podcast audio, but This this looks to me like, just from a glance, like 17, 18 games in 31 days. Like, it's a lot.
0: Well, and that's honestly been the most impressive thing to me about the Avs' win streak, is that they've been doing this with these huge breaks in between the games. Like, because usually you see this and they build up that momentum. Like, you play a lot, so you get a lot more of the, um, you get a lot more rhythm in your game. But they've been doing this with, like, four or five days off in between, and they haven't skipped a beat. So, I, I just... Hey, the schedule, it's so weird because you're right next month it's like every other day we're playing like the only really break you get is christmas
1: yeah we have a three-day break between a back-to-back a buffalo and boston three days off because of actual christmas where you cannot ask players to play and then we're going into vegas so i feel like that kind of cancels out the break in itself of a back-to-back and then oh okay now we're going on the road to vegas like merry christmas is good i don't know I don't understand the schedule. It doesn't make sense.
0: It doesn't make sense, but there's some winnable games this week. I'm interested in the Dallas. I watched Dallas last night. They got their shit kicked in by Minnesota um, earlier this week, and then they beat down on the Blues last night. So I'm excited for that rematch. We haven't seen Dallas since the bubble, but I do think that we are going to hopefully exact some revenge on them for that game seven
1: Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team and win $100 in free bets If either team scores a goal, it does not matter the goal, whether it's a one-time shot or a deflection in front, however any team lights the lamp, you win. If DraftKings Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, don't worry, DraftKings will not leave you empty-handed because everybody can play for huge cash prizes all season long. With DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And that's not all because DraftKings is also giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with just their first deposit. That's right. All you've got to do is simply just put some money in the account and you get a free shot at millions of dollars. That's it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER now back to the episode yeah dallas is just such a weird team this year that the whole thing like you were saying with the minnesota game that thing with with riley Tuff. did you see about any of that no the this kid riley tuft had made his debut like a couple days earlier and minnesota is his hometown he had bought all of his family and friends tickets. I yeah. did.
0: See. And got he got scratched.
1: Yeah. And he was told that he was going to play. And then like Kiwi Ranta, there's a name I don't need to remember, but okay. Kiwi Ranta was like apparently good to go. So like an hour or so, or like an hour or two before the game, they scratched him. And so he had spent all the money that he had made getting called up to the NHL on these tickets and Rick bonus just scratched him. Like that's, that's horrible optics. And then they've lost seven to two. Like the vibe around the stars right now from their fans is they are, they're pissed at bonus for that. And this team just hasn't been very good.
0: They've been very mediocre. Um, I do think if the Avs are playing at home against Dallas, I'd be a lot more confident about this game. Every game in Dallas just always seems to be a close one. It's always a grinded out game in Dallas. Um, So I, we can talk more about the preview for that game on Wednesday's or Thursday's episode, excuse me. But yeah, it's going to be the Ducks and the Senators this week are going to be really fun. Senators should be a blowout. Like it, we should win that game. I mean, even the odds books are scoring that as an abs win.
1: I have, a- it's been a while since I've seen a minus 375 in any team's favor. I mean, we had a couple last year when we would go up against like the ducks or something when they were terrible, but those were real special occasions. Cause we had seen the avalanche beat up on these teams and then play them again the next night. And the odds makers were like, yeah, minus 500. The, you're not making any money betting on the abs tonight. So this season, at least, I don't think I've seen anything close to that. Uh, I'm sure there's probably been a couple with coyotes games, but that's true. But C- coyotes two Oh and one in their last three.
0: Hey man, get of time. Playoffs playoffs time for the coyotes time scott wedgewood was really the missing factor for the coyotes
1: yeah i mean it would be it would be a fun story
0: that would be that be the most that have to be the most pre- unpredictable thing of all time with the coyotes. i mean, the
1: coyotes. it's not going to happen but if it did i think i would stop watching hockey <laughs> yeah. i would i i just start betting on coin tosses at least those <laughs> are
0: 50-50 oh that'd be so wild if it i mean the Central isn't looking too hot I mean all of a sudden Chicago's playing well again too now. this so.
1: this division's just so strange. none of it makes any sense.
0: Hockey doesn't make sense man.
1: No, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you have Chicago who's five and five in their last 10. Arizona's got points in three straight. St. Louis I mean St. Louis we talked about them they're three, five and two in their last 10 games. they they looked like they started strong. they are in a free fall right now.
0: Yeah, they're in a free fall, and it's not like Bennington's been playing bad. I think Bennington's actually been playing really well this year.
1: Yeah, but they- I haven't really paid much attention to the blues since we had our two games against them, but yeah. I don't I don't know what their deal is. I don't know either. I, I I their defense isn't very
0: good. Like I feel like every game they're having like 35 shots against.
1: Yeah, Bennington's a 9-12. I mean, yeah. he's only a, he's only a step behind Kemper.
0: He's been pretty solid, man. I've yeah, watched a lot of blues games because I love betting against them, but yeah. He's, he's poor guy, man. Like no, not poor guy. Uh,
1: no, this couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I'd say.
0: Yeah. But it's been, it's been a fun, it's been a weird year of hockey so far. I mean, it's I only,
1: it's only going to get weirder, man. Just buckle up. And the we were talking a little bit off air. It's just like, I've become so disenfranchised with the, with the regular season as a whole, just because the rules change so much in the playoffs that watching these games almost just don't matter. I'm not going to get into it on this episode as I'm sure I'll touch on it like at least 10 times throughout the season, but I think at a certain under- point in November, I'm, I'm, i there's always that creeping thought in the back of my mind, like this is meaningless. This is so meaningless. Once we get to the playoffs, none of what you're watching is going to matter. The rules change. It's not even the same sport.
0: Yeah. It's a lot more physical and it's just, they don't call the
1: rules, man. Yeah. It's, It's my biggest pet peeve about the NHL, and I'm going to stop here because if I keep going, we're going to be here for three hours. So I'm cutting it off. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I
0: think you're underestimating the times we're going to play about the refs. 15 seems a little low. I think it's going to be more like 30.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's just not good. Refereeing's not good.
1: No, it's it never has been. It never will be. But wrapping up on this game, that can kind of segue us into the, the third period. A little bit. I mean, the second period, we we were beating up on a team that had absolutely no shot against us. Aubay Cubell, less than five minutes into the third, makes it seven to nothing. I mean, it was not, it was nice to see Aubay Cubell get his first of the year. I mean, maybe that can give him some confidence and have him stick in the lineup after this point. It was really just getting to the end of the game because there were still fifteen minutes left to play. And like you were saying earlier, we had to kill off three separate power plays. Seattle scored on two of them. And the game finishes seven to three, which doesn't do how much of a beat down this was justice. Like you said, these were some just some weak goals. It gave the crowd something to cheer about, but that's really it.
0: Yeah, it was it, that, that third period was the most uninteresting period of hockey I think I've ever watched in my
1: life. I couldn't wait for it to end. Like Abe Kubel scored, and Jordan Eberly, I believe it was, scored on the power play to make it it's seven to three. Was that?
0: He extended his point streak Eberle, so that's a that's big yeah, for him. Yeah,
1: is weird. He has 9 goals this year. Like He's
0: been good, man.
1: Yeah, but he scores to make it 7 to 1. Whoopee. And I was like, "Oh my god, there are still 14 minutes left in this game." Not that I'm worried about them coming back whatsoever, but I'm done with the game. I've had the res- This game's been over for like an hour. I just want to be done. It's ah. Uh, it was rough.
0: It was rough, but luckily it finally ended. The Avs won. We were able to get some sleep because it was a late puck drop. Um, yeah, it was It was just a dominant game. And we're going to sound like really spoiled fans, but like we've, this has been happening a lot for the Avs these past couple of years where they just beat the shit out of some teams. And I remember I used to be excited about these types of games. So I think it's happened at least like six or seven times in the past years where the Avs have just blown out in a point. It hasn't even been close. So – That's just really spoiled hockey fans, right there. And you see what Griffin and I are doing this episode, guys. Yeah.
1: How much time we actually spent talking about this game?
0: Like, there's there's not much to talk about because the Abs just beat the shit out of their three of their past four opponents. Yeah. Like really digging that we're scratching at the bottom of the barrel here for. Yeah,
1: we're we're like play play a little bit worse. Give us a little bit of content here. Come on, put Curtis McDermott in for just so we can have a thirty minute segment, please.
0: Geez, I don't know if I'm mentally prepared for that, but like that's where we're at, guys. So it's just – we're talking a lot more about other teams because the abs right now are just on a roll. Like, yeah. you know, like, we've talked about it in the past episodes about just how good the abs have been. They've just continued to be that good.
1: Yeah, it's like nothing has really changed. The power play is still rolling. We scored on two of our four chances. Kemper was great again. The only thing Seattle did with their with their little push is they pushed Kemper below a 900 in this game in the – whatever, but there's, they're just playing really, really good hockey right now. There's no two ways about it. They have fully bounced back from their two games against Columbus and their slow start, and once McKinnon comes back, this team is going to finish towards the top of the league at the end of the year. Like, what else do you want me to say?
0: I don't think we're going to win the President's Trophy this year. I think that's going to be Carolina or Florida. They're,
1: they're okay. too far ahead. That, yeah. again,
0: I don't want I don't yeah. want I don't want the President's Trophy. I, I don't want it. Like we got it once and it's like, cool, we got it. Like, I don't know if I want it again. Like that that was cool to say we won it one year. And now I'm kind of like, as long as we make in the, just get me in the playoffs. That's all I care about. I yeah. can give, I can give two. I'd love to have home ice at least to the Stanley cup finals. That's all I, I have
1: want. been down the president's trophy road so many times. I don't believe in the president's trophy curse, but it's also utterly meaningless because like I said, five minutes ago at the playoffs, is just an entirely different sport because the rules change. So the president's trophy in terms of getting the Stanley cup is, is meaningless. I mean, Florida can have it. Carolina can have it. They're, they're younger teams. They can learn that lesson that way. But even, even then, I don't think it's up to us because I'd have to, I'd have to pull up the, the standings again, but they're, they're really far ahead right now. Florida has 29 points. Carolina has 28 and we have, like 17. It's not insurmountable, but there are, there, there are two good teams. I don't think it's ever going to get to a point where we just gain 11 points on those guys, either from them losing and us winning. Like that's, they can have it. We don't want it.
0: They can have it. And the funny thing is, I don't think either of those teams could beat Tampa Bay.
1: No, I don't. they're both losing to Tampa Bay again.
0: Like I I, I don't like, even though I know Tam- Tampa, Bay is just in that cruise course that, a lot of teams, when you win back-to-back Cups, you just got to make it to the playoffs. You know what's needed of you to win. Like, come on. Like, Tampa Bay is still the best team in the East, like, by far. And I'd still say, even though the Avs are in, like, 10th place right now in the West, a lot of people would argue with us uh, in Vegas that it's a 1-2. Those are the two best teams. Even with Edmonton starting as hot as they have, I don't, like, believe,
1: I don't believe in the Oilers. I've said I it. it. I'm, they, they might win the President's Trophy. They might win the Western Conference in the regular season. Their goaltending sucks. They cannot keep pucks out of their net. Connor, like, this has nothing to do with, like, oh, Connor McDavid needs to change his game. I mean, even if they allow Connor McDavid to do whatever he wants in the playoffs, they're still going to struggle to win because they don't have goaltending or defense yeah. As, and they're going to be without Darnell Nurse, who isn't a great defenseman to begin with. But like Duncan Keith is playing top pair minutes right now, Cody Ceci's getting up there in points, and they're they've used like four goalies this year because Mike Smith forty years old. He's they heard. didn't address their cold tending.
0: Yeah, no, they they can't because they have so much money tied up in forwards. Like they're just, I don't trust the Oilers one bit. Just because they're, like you said, their defensive goaltending is very shoddy and you can't win games in the playoffs six, six to five.
1: No, it's just not how the, rule, the rules change. It's a different sport at this point. You can't do that. You physically cannot do that. They won't let you.
0: Yeah. And if you look back on the playoffs last year with the Oilers, we thought that that Jets defense, which wasn't very good, was not going to be able to handle McDavid and dry, they shut them down that
1: series. Yeah, it, it turns out even the worst defense is if you allow them to hook, hold, and just literally go and ride McDavid like a backpack. Turns out those defenses can be pretty good if you just yeah. let them break the rules. So it, there's not a team in the Western
0: Conference outside of Vegas that scares me. I said it. Like, yeah. there's not. Yeah, like, This is this is screaming a showdown for uh, Avs Vegas Western Conference finals. Like, in my opinion, I know I'm extremely biased, but I just, I don't see a team. Because even if you look at the Avs and the Oilers, I'd argue our forward depth is just as good as the Oilers forward depth with everyone healthy.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like, I feel like I feel the same right now as I did coming into the season, like for this, this quote unquote, second round curse that the avalanche have, who's going to beat them this year before the conference final. I mean, we're saying this in November. Okay. So, be- So before you clip this and throw this back in my face in a couple months, it is November 21st, but looking at this right now, Like Vegas could beat us in a seven game series, maybe 50% of the time. I'd say that's a coin flip when they're healthy with Jack Eichel, but like Winnipeg, they're okay. Minnesota. No, they can't. Minnesota would give
0: us the best series just because Minnesota is tough sons of bitches. Yeah. It would be
1: a fun series, but the games we would win in that series wouldn't be close. I mean, there are times that Minnesota can give us a fight, but they they can't beat us four of seven times in a row. They can't beat us.
0: That's yeah, probably. they can't. And I know it's a more physical game in the playoffs, like we just said, but
1: you still need to be able to – We're a pretty physical team. Like, yeah. I'm not too worried about that.
0: Yeah, and I, you you tell me I match up with the uh, Avs pl- top players against Minnesota's top players. I'll take I mean, Kaprizov maybe before Landeskog, but that's going all the way down to like – I, I wouldn't. The, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like The I mean, top four the, players in that series are abs players.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe Minnesota would take Kaprizov over Landis Gog, but the way our team's built, we would not take Kaprizov. I mean, we have McKinnon and Rantanen already. I mean, Kaprizov would just be kind of redundant at that point. But even that, like, there are other guys, like Kevin Fiala got taken off both power plays last night. I know he's sc- I know he scored today, but, like, he was taken off of both power plays at a certain point. He's been struggling a lot. So... Again, yeah, but-, but even just finishing on that conversation, like Calgary, they're fine, but we wouldn't see them until the the conference final anyway. I mean, so we can kind of hold this to central division teams.
0: Well, and then the one wild card Pacific team potentially.
1: You know, but like, and who would that be? Anaheim. Anaheim
0: and or fucking, I mean, you're talking Dallas, maybe. Like,
1: yeah, Dallas. I mean, but like that's the
0: thing is, it's like the Avs are on paper are significantly better than pretty much every team in the Western conference. And the only team you can really make an argument about is close to them as Vegas.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, they just got Jack Eichel and they're still without patch Once this team gets healthy, they're going to be a top three team in the NHL. And even then we're talking about that, like that's the third round. And if the avalanche get to the third round and they're running into Vegas, I don't think they're going to be scared of them this time. I I said this before the season started. I think if they play Vegas in the third round, they'll kill them. Really? Yeah. It's going
0: to be kind of like an Avs Red Wings thing back in the past when the, when the, it'd be rules reverse because the Avs upset the Red Wings. Um,
1: Five games.
0: Yeah. You think five games? Five games. That's a bold take, Griffin. That's a bold take.
1: It's a bold take that I think everyone will forget about by the time that series rolls around, but they probably won't. But I'll stick to that right now. Five games. Four to one over Vegas to get to the Stanley cup final. We win that series on home ice.
0: Okay. I love it. That, that's it's a bold
1: date. I've ha- i had that prediction before the season. I'm sticking to think? it. Five games. All right. Crush gonna...
0: them. I, All right. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I'm jazzed for this now. man. November,
1: baby. Like I'm pumped up. That's November. We just week. won four games in November. Yeah. Stanley cup final bound. Nothing's in our way. Vegas. Fuck us, Five games. Give us the championship right this now! This is what ha- this is what happens in the regular season when we're running over teams in the playoffs. Or when, when do the playoffs even start this year? Like May, because the season yeah. still runs in April. Like yeah, we I are a good six months April. away from the playoffs. I am getting so unbelievably ahead of myself. It is laughable, and I don't care. There's so much stuff that's going to happen. So, we're, we have an entire Olympics ahead of us before we can even discuss the playoffs.
0: Well, we were talking about this too a uh, little bit with uh, the Coyotes. Maybe the Coyotes can make a run at the playoffs now.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, they have time.
0: That's the thing about November. They have time. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. But, oh, man. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fun season. If Isn't the Avs keep playing the way they keep playing, it's going to be a fun season.
1: Look what Look what winning does for us. Yeah. Go, back, go back to the Columbus episode where we're like, this team sucks. We're never going to do anything. This we're team is broken awesome. mentally. They're broken. They're shattered. Four games later, the five games over Vegas, Stanley Cup final, at yep. least, minimum.
0: That's what we're going for. Uh, yeah, that's what winning does for you.
1: That's, that's what, what winning do. does. Winning makes everything better. It's the ultimate medicine. The whole vibe around the abs is up right now. And, you know – if you told me four games ago that Jared Bednar was going to be getting a contract extension, I would have been like right now, but since we've won a couple games, I'm like, yeah, great call. Great Jared decision. Bednar very bur- kind of burying the lead there. Jared Bednar gets his extension for, is it two or three more years? I believe two, two Who's years. One? And I have absolutely no problem with it. Jared Bednar, when he took over this team, turned this team around and has kept them at the top of the league and, one little slow stretch at the beginning of the season has not shaken my faith in him.
0: No. And he, he's a really good coach. No. And we've seen what we've seen, like it, it's had success with the the lightning being patient with John Cooper. Like if you have a system that works and the players like playing for your coach, keep, why mess that shit up? So it's not like you signed him for five years. You signed him for two more years.
1: You can fire him tomorrow. And the organization would barely feel the financial impact of that. Yeah. Like it's it, such it's, a negligible thing
0: it's a smart decision for both Bednar and the abs because let's say Bednar goes on and win a Stanley Cup in these next two years he's going to be in the same position Barry Trotts was in with the capitals his contract's gonna be coming up and he's going to get paid some big money like it, it's a good decision for both both I think and I think Bednar's proved enough too now that if he were to get fired he'd get another job at heartbeat Oh, my coach. God.
1: Chicago would scoop him up within 30 minutes of him being yeah. let go. I'd, I'd say even Florida would pick him up. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that would take him. So there are <laughs> good Stanley Cup contending teams that I believe would fire their coach right now and pick up Jared Bednar. He's really, really good.
0: Yeah, he's a good coach and he's had a couple bad breaks. And like, I don't really know if you can even blame him for those these past three second round exits, you know what I mean?
1: No, and even that, like we talked about this, if by the way, please listen to our interview with John Michael Lyles from last episode, we had John Michael Lyles on and he kind of brought up again, like all of our guests have brought up, this second round thing is really blown out of proportion. He brought up the San, he brought up the San Jose series as that's a series they did not expect to even get to. They took that to seven games and had a controversial loss. The year after that, we are playing a second round in Canada, and it's not against a Canadian team. We're playing the Dallas Stars in Edmonton, which by itself is weird. Oh, by the way, it's August because there's a pandemic going on. Also, both of your goalies are hurt, and your captain's out for game seven. Also, you're down three to one in force game seven, but you lose in overtime. And yeah, last year was a bad loss, but the fact, the fact that we have brought up a second-round curse is is asinine. And the complaint the- I saw about this extension rules. Well, why didn't they work this out to see if he gets past the second round? Because it doesn't matter. He's going to be back next year, unless this team doesn't win a game for the rest of the year, which is not going to happen. They're going to make the playoffs and be towards the top of the league. Even if we lose in the second round guys, Jared Bednar is going to be back because he's the good coach that turned this team around. And the, the guy that management believes in, this is a nonsensical argument.
0: It, it, It was a good call. Um, I think we both tweeted about it, how good of a decision it was, because it was. And it's not a bad deal either for either side. So that second round exit type of thing, it sucks. But like you said, that Shark series, that game should have gone into overtime if it's not for a blown call.
1: And McKinnon got hurt in that game. Like, we forget that, that McKinnon went to the locker room during that game. That's when
0: the Sharks scored two of their three goals, was when McKinnon was in the locker room. When McKinnon was out there, the Avs dominated. They played very well. Um, That game should have gone. The Stars series, like that whole season's just kind of like, I think if that was a normal playoff season, I think the Avs probably make it to the third round. Like they they were loaded that year. It uh, looked
1: like we were on the thing weird about that season is that I was fully expecting to play the Stars anyway in a normal playoff year. I remember that really well. And they kind of had our numbers. I would have been interested to see that first round series if the Blues did end up winning the Central that year. Who, who knows where that would have gone? But I feel like with the bubble, you kind of just, you kind of have to throw everything in the trash with that. It's such a bizarre once in a lifetime scenario. And that series itself was the bizarre of the bizarre that what else can you say other than it was a freak scenario and we got the short stick.
0: Yeah. I mean, we got the short stick. And I think if I, I would take that you're telling me game seven would have been in ball arena. I like our odds. I, yeah it's like a lot better
1: with the cra- the crowd after that in the mesnikov goal would have been oh. going nuts i mean if if the the Ronta goal happens right after that it would have become a library because that would have been a, a heartbreaker yeah. but the energy in that building coming back down three to one i think would have made for a different environment and you know it's, it's pointless to have this discussion just because yeah. it's two, it's two years in the past now it was just so strange anyway you know it's we could be like, oh well, Vegas was bad against Dallas, and who knows what we would have done against them. We wouldn't have beat Tampa; they were they were too good these last two years. Not with, our injuries. Years. No. Not with no. our injuries, we no. Have... But so. again, doesn't matter. Bubble, you throw everything away. We had a bad playoff series against Vegas. We all we all know that. We all acknowledge that. If it happens again this year, that's another story. But like I was saying in my manic fueled rant ten minutes ago. We are six months away from the playoffs, guys. Let's at least try to take in the regular season before you do something crazy like, say, the abs and five over Vegas in the Western Conference final. You know, let's bring it down a notch.
0: <laughs> only crazy people would say something. Who like would
1: that. say that? It's November. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about?
0: Oh, did we want to? I, I guess we can kind of, we're wrapping up the show here. We can talk about the good news that came out today. McKinnon, Byram, and Cout and Francos all skated. Uh, François actually practiced with the team, but you had McKinnon, uh, Byram, and uh, count all practicing red nine contact sweaters, uh, before practice, which is still a good sign. Like, if you're telling me w- when Byram got that concussion, if you're telling me he would have been potentially playing two weeks later, I would have told you you were crazy with his concussion history. So, it, fingers crossed, he keeps feeling good. It sounds like all is going to be good with McKinnon starting December 1st, they're going to bring him on the road. To face the Maple Leafs, um, which we're going to do a little self-promoting here. Uh, Griffin and I are going to do a live stream for that game. So make sure you all go subscribe to the, the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube to catch Griffin and I watch a game with us. Um, but it's actually things are kind of trending up for the ABS in the injury department as I cross my fingers, knock on wood, do all the good luck things yeah. on the face of the planet. But things are kind of looking up right now, which is weird to say.
1: Yeah. And if, if nothing else, it shows that McKinnon is on track and going to play early in December, hopefully against Toronto, maybe against Montreal, even then maybe that weekend he's on pace and Pavel Francois is skating for the first time since training camp, trending in the right direction. Martin Cout having him back would surprisingly be a nice boost to that bottom six which I don't think we would have expected coming into the season, but Cal maybe instead of Sherwood would be a nice addition there and just give us that little bit more depth. But yeah, like you're saying, everyone's kind of trending in that right direction. And as long as nothing else goes wrong over the next four games, which is a lot of games to ask for no injuries, especially from the avalanche. I will say that we, we, <clears throat> We are trending towards having a healthy team as I quickly do a Hail Mary. So we'll see. Comfer, he's going to be out for still a while. for about a, about a week or so off. in. Yeah. He'll be back mid-December-ish, maybe. And
0: What in an addition. He's going to be that lineup if we're healthy.
1: The way he like, was playing. Imagine the Avalanche actually playing as they're constructed, right? What a concept. Crazy, unheard of, unbelievable, never gonna happen though.
0: Unfathomable,
1: (laughs) never gonna happen. What a funny little joke!
0: But it, like, it, it, this is weird. I, I, just after the doom and gloom that we started the season, it's weird to just be so happy and jolly. Are
1: we telling jokes on the podcast? What is this?
0: This is great. It's been a fun couple, it's been a fun week and a half so far.
1: What happened to the, the serious doom and gloom? This, this team's going to miss the playoffs from a couple weeks ago. I, I kind of like this vibe a lot better.
0: Yeah, I do too. It's a lot more fun for sure. It makes watching hockey a lot more fun too. So it's going to be great. We have the Senators tomorrow. By the time you're listening to this today, later in the night, I think it's going to be another win. Yeah,
1: I think we're going to win this one. Uh, if you want to give me a score prediction real quick, I say the Avalanche win this one five to one over the Senators. I say five to two. Five to two. That was, that's what I was thinking of. I went with one just because if Kemper's going to start, I think he's going to play well.
0: It sounds like Kemper is because JoJo's
1: sick. Doesn't yeah. have COVID. But he's sick. We're not, and we're not putting Hunter Miska. And also, we haven't recalled any other goal. What are we going to do if JoJo's sick? Are we going to call someone up?
0: Probably. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Well, they sent Miska down past the AHL. He's part of the Utah Grizzlies now.
1: I, I completely missed that. that. Yeah. Um, wow, that is bad news for Hunter Miska. Well, it's because his nhl dream
0: and uh i forget the other one that's up there with them they've been playing really well so yeah they sent Miska down to the utah grizzlies
1: wow yeah Yeah. right now oh my god you want to okay so to be fair before we start this hunter Miska's played two games but do you want to guess his save percentage i guess
0: 825
1: 757
0: oh yeah that's bad
1: yeah, that'll get you demoted to the, the ECHL. Do you want to guess his ECHL save percentage in two games?
0: Oh, Jesus. I want to say like
1: 885.
0: 875. Ah, damn it. How close. Remember yeah, when I, he
1: played that guy in the NHL? I think his confidence just got destroyed playing. That poor guy. Yeah. I talked. To, I had a brief segment last year where he talked about how he was just getting harassed online leave the poor guy alone. He, you are not meaner to him than he is to himself after those performances. That poor guy just got toasted every single game.
0: Yeah, that was, I, I felt bad. I made a couple of uh, memes about him and I felt bad about him after all that stuff came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's been, it's going to be Darcy in that um, you say five, one, I say five, two, if uh, we were to, if we were gambling men, which, uh, I'd say I am Griffin's still fresh, twenty-one, so he's still learning. But uh, I would, if
1: I if I could bet, if DraftKings would let me in the state of Maryland, I would try. But we'll, nevertheless, we'll, 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 we'll start wait. your segment here. We'll start your segment here. Best bet, best, What's bet best bet for the upcoming game
0: for the upcoming game.
1: Christian, what is your best bet for the Avalanche and Senators game?
0: Oh man, for me. I like we talked about earlier. There's no money to be made in the Avalanche winning tomorrow. Like they are favored, they were minus. What'd you say it was minus three forty? So the
1: odds for this game are the Avalanche are minus three fifty, and for the people who are not betting aficionados like Christian, that means you have to bet three hundred and fifty dollars in order to win a hundred back. And the Senators are plus two seventy, which means if you bet a hundred dollars, you will win two hundred and seventy dollars.
0: Yeah, and then that's money line. So that's just if the Abs win. Yeah. Uh, then the puck line the avs are minus like minus 1.5 means the avs have to win by two goals that was minus 135 yes. which is ungodly those are terrible odds cuz usually when you're going for a team to win by two it's usually in the plus money but it is minus 135 so all of the odds makers are predicting the avs to just kick the shit out of the senators tomorrow um so i'm going to go with probably the only way you can win money and that is taking the over which is 6 right now um I think there's going to be a lot of goals scored. The ABS are scoring a shit ton of goals. So I feel pretty confident. It's not like the Senators are world beaters on the defensive end during the goal. So I think the ABS may cover the over by themselves, personally.
1: Yeah, I think I would agree with that too, even though technically my prediction would be part of the under, over six. I mean, well, me predicting six goals, you teach me right now, is that over or under? That's a push. So you just push. win your money back. So I just okay. win my money back. I think a good way to, maybe bet on them here is to go directly to the avalanche, whether they're going to score over or under seven goals. And for them to score over seven is plus 155, which is surprisingly That's not it? as that. Yeah. That's it. Colorado That's avalanche crazy. total goals over 6.5 is plus 155
0: for Holy them to score. Shit.
1: Seven goals is plus 155, which is not a lot. And for Do them the to reference. be under, under Do seven. Yeah. Find the
0: reference for the Senators just to show the listeners just how ludicrous that those odds
1: are. The Ottawa Senators to score over 6.5 is plus 800.
0: Yeah, like that is ludicrous, guys. I cannot – holy shit, that is fucking crazy.
1: The Avalanche to score under 7 is plus 120. I think that's a safe bet. I think that would be my best bet. Avalanche under 7 goals, which sounds like an insult, but like – Seven goals is a lot. You're not going to have Kraken games every single night, so I would take that plus 120. The Avalanche, I'd say, score five or six goals, which is still under that, and I would get my money in return. So it's a win-win. The win-win.
0: I think that's a really good bet. I may have to throw some money on that too. I cannot believe that those odds are that. That is redonkulous.
1: That is that's such an insult to the Senators. Yeah, for this team to not score seven goals is what plus 155. That's insane.
0: Oh shit dude that is ridiculous. I cannot believe you just read that to me. Oh my god yeah but yeah the, make sure you guys are all using Draftkings the best sports book out there.
1: actually um, I'm cha- I'm changing my thing. The Avalanche they cover the the money line of they win by more than two and they're under 6.5 and that is plus 215. That's a good one. So they I'll cover take the that problem. one instead. that's my best bet Avalanche win by win by more than two and they score under seven goals.
0: I think that's a fair bet. That's a good little, it's a good little system right there. I don't hate that at all. You may also, we don't have the odds for this, but I'd sprinkle some money on a Miko and goal anytime goal scorer.
1: Nazem Kadri anytime goal scorer.
0: That's a good one too. Just a lot of goals for the apps tomorrow. So it's a fun one. Like we said, make sure you're using DraftKings, the best sports book in America.
1: Promo uh, code THPN sign up today. Helps the uh, network a lot.
0: Yeah, this is a uh, not a shameless plug because they are a wonderful sponsor, DraftKings, and I use. They them- treat us very well. They do. So make sure you go check that out. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a fun one. I don't know about you, Griffin. You got anything else, man?
1: I got nothing else. I'm looking forward to another win against the Ottawa Center. If we if we lose this one, that I mean, it'd be a pretty big upset according to Vegas. So. Uh, I don't see how Ottawa wins this game, but I guess crazier things have happened in the past, but I think we win big in this one and we'll have another game against the Ducks on Wednesday. I I guess I'll, we'll wait until after the, the Senators game to make a prediction for that one, but we will record after that game is done. So we'll have both the Senators and the Ducks game to talk about for Thursday's episode. So, Keep an eye out for that one on Thursday. But for today, I think that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Teledabs. It is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you so much once again for tuning in as always, whether it's your first episode or you've been here from day one. We appreciate you all the same. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave a kind five-star review for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. That really does help drive the podcast forward it really is the best way you can help the show if you really do feel like helping us not saying you have to but it would help the show out a lot so uh if you feel like doing that feel free to go right ahead and i mean we look at we look at our recent ratings uh even in the united states and across the world we are top 100 in the united states again which is crazy we're in the uk canada australia norway netherlands and the czech republic Thank you to everybody who has tuned in that. I don't think I can really fully wrap my head around that. Sometimes that people enjoy listening to us, nevertheless want to, but I appreciate you all immensely. And I know Christian does too, but that's going to do it for us on this edition. Thank you so much once again for tuning in and we will catch you all next time. Enjoy these two games and enjoy the rest of your week.